Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, and constantly ever recovering addict and this is the all open rock bottom podcast where I and others discuss the moments little to large when we really felt however briefly and in whatever capacity like we had no friends today I am talking to one of my favorite people I think I've ever met and her name is Maurice Gorhan she is an author and comedian her memoir trouble is available everywhere and it is Fucking amazing. I read it in a day. Like me, Maurice is sober. Our sober dates are a week apart. She has been in primary care and is a suicide survivor. Today, we are discussing entering rehab and what it was like. The good, the bad, the hilarious. We are laughing at things that shouldn't really be laughed at. And there is so much release in that. There is a huge give of arc energy around this episode. And sometimes that's just amazing. Both of us are incredibly grateful for the time we spent in recovery. We know how lucky we are, but there were parts of it that were just really stupid and weird and are now a great anecdote. Alcohol dependence is frightening, deadly, and very lonely. But alcohol itself is very dependable. It always has the same result and can come to feel like your closest friend with the irony being that it isolates you and is lethal. So Maurice is going to tell you a little bit more about that now. Okay, so it is January 2022. 2022? Yeah. yeah, it is January 2022. Okay, and we are in the UK. January was a pretty shitty month for a lot of us. Um, but but it's January 2022. And Maurice, in this moment, why do you think you've got no friends? Because like, in my head, I was like... Um, I've just figured out like my passion. I've figured out like my love. It's alcohol, <laughs> and I don't need anyone else. <laughs> so I was like, I found meaning, and you can buy it in a supermarket. And I so I felt, yeah, I felt so fu- like I had very few friends when I went into rehab, but I was like so chill about it. I was like, this is fine. Like I don't need them. Mm. I just need alcohol. And I went into rehab like not thinking like it was a rock bottom at all. It was just right. um. I had got this job and so I had private insurance for the first time and I like went to the doctor about I was feeling depressed again 
Um, I'd been drinking like really heavily for like maybe the past four or five years. Right. Six months before I went to rehab, I'd try and go 24 hours with drinking just to like prove I could. Mm-hmm. And I never could. Um, and then it like spiraled really quickly at the end. But in a way that like I didn't really uh, comprehend it. Like I was like, having cigarettes and then I'd just be putting them out my tits. And then the next morning, I'd just be like, oh, crazy me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had a bit of a wild one last night. So that was like, and those were moments when you were when you were drunk that you were just like... Yeah, like, so I felt myself getting depressed. I went to the doctor. I was like, the depression's mm-hmm. back. And because I was drunk doing it, I don't really remember. But he was like, you have to go to rehab. Mm. But in my head, I, did, I didn't hear like rehab. I was like, okay, I'll go to this place. Worker paying for it. Um, and like... A guy in there was paying for it himself. It was like 30 grand. Like, it's insane this is, how expensive like, it is. This is the thing about rehab. Like, the opportunity to go is is crazy, crazy good. Because it is so expensive. It used to be on the NHS, one of the therapists yeah. told us, like, years ago. Mm. Which is so shit it's not. Because, like, it saved my life. And it saves loads of people's lives. Yeah. So it's really fucking sad that, like, poor people can't fucking get it. They can't get, like... When, when I was in rehab and... And I was, I'm so fortunate I got to go. I'm, I'm no way denying it. I fucking hated it. I hated every second of it. But like, I'm so fortunate I got to go. But there were people who were there who'd been there for like six months. And I was like, how the fuck are you affording this? Oh, yeah. We had a rich guy. He was in there with a shopping addiction. But he did rehab and then he was doing another one. And our therapists were like, really, everyone should be doing rehab for six months. It's just like, people can't afford it. Yeah. Which, I mean, to, to an extent, because I'm like, you have to go out in the real life eventually. Like, you'll be mm. in rehab for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if I didn't just happen to... I got this job in September and I went in January. Mm. So if I didn't have that job, I no way would have been able to afford to do it. Um, so I felt like I was like, okay, this is like, I'm given this opportunity now. I'll just do it. I was like, I'll go in, you know, it'll be nice to not work for four weeks. I'll mm. just reset my behavior so I can drink regularly when I come out. Yeah. And... um obviously when you go in there like fucking within 10 minutes they're like you are an addict you are an addict and this is the path and it's the only path and I was like whoa chill it's like being punched in the face but like it's mental I'm so glad that you were actually like one of the first people that I've been allowed to talk about like this experience (laughs) with because I got in there and I was like I'm fine la 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 I'll go for 30 days and then I'll come out and I was like yeah I'm gonna have a glass of wine at the airport on the way back I can't wait I was planning I was like I cannot wait for it I was like I'm planning my relapses I was like it's gonna be so sweet because now I haven't drank for six or for a month my tolerance will have oh like couldn't wait Yeah. yeah 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 One thing I found with rehab, or with my particular rehab, is that they were very, they were very keen for me to say that I was an alcoholic. Like, oh, they look, but they make it seem like it's like I just hated the dramatics around that. Like yeah. when one woman like finally admitted it after two weeks, and we're all clapping. Oh God, don't fucking give me strength. I'm sorry. I know it's, I know it's a big moment. Re- no, but, like, I think it's, it's, like, it's like it's just a word. Who cares? Like, it really doesn't matter. But like, I don't know. I bought into the Kool Aid and rehab, and like, I do believe it to an extent but there's also a lot of dramatics in there yeah like one of the therapists on like the first day in rehab he's like um when you're in recovery you better go out and buy a suit and we're like why do we have to buy a suit and he's like because you're going to be going to a lot of funerals because people will relapse and they'll die and it's like right okay can you chill out man can you put that in like a less dramatic way <laughs> okay, you can make your point without being like so over the also, top like the it. back end way of going you're going to have to buy a suit. Oh, why? Why, therapist? And now I get to give my power oh, bitch yeah. killer line. It's like, oh, you fucking practiced that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because people will die. <laughs> and then, oh, like, God. another time he was like, there's, like, 
six of us in at like this one stage. And he was like, look around the room. In one year's time, one of you will be dead. Four of you will have relapsed. You want to be the one who hasn't. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Man, you, it was the same guy who said the suit thing. Yeah. So like, obviously he had his stuff on speed dial. But it didn't, that didn't do whatever he wanted it to do. Because I just am looking around, like, being like, oh, she's going to die before me, surely. So it won't be me. Like, that's what it did to me, where I was just, like, trying yeah. to figure out who'd die before me. It's, yeah, that thing, like, um, I've often found it, like, going, oh, they're, they're worse than, they're worse than I am. Yeah. Like, I found it a lot, like, hearing people's stories and going, you know, um, people have spoken about, they, like, had a bottle on either side of the bed, depending which side of the bed they woke up on. Um, and they'd like oh. so they could drink and I was like I'm not that bad like oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay um, and like very clearly wasn't but the only reason like I in any way paid attention to like my alcohol intake was because um, because of the ultrasound that I had when they were like man your liver is fucked up um, yeah. otherwise I I think I, they probably could have told me that I had alcohol abuse till they were blue in the face and I would have been like nah until I actually saw the literal black and white evidence of it yeah I was really hesitant to uh, like pay attention to the problem at all yeah which is really shitty because once like you get to that stage it's fucking hard to come back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like because I, I got my ultrasound on my liver and it was fucking sweet like it was a healthy it? ass liver and it just, it did, it had such a bad effect on me. Where I was like, guess somebody can drink tequila every day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I was like, so what you're telling me is, you know, I'm um, indestructible. Mm. Um, so, But I, I do think, because like, I had a thing with my heart that the doctor said was because of drinking. Mm. But then when I got, this was in Spain. And then when I came back on the NHS, they were like, that's not because you're drinking. So I think he said it to scare me. Right. Um, but yeah, a physical thing is like, almost like, a blessing yeah it makes you 100 like, yeah um as scary as it was i'm really grateful for that for like the fact that i was i wasn't well because yeah. otherwise i think i'd i if i'm probably honest with myself i yeah i think i would have come back and started drinking like straight away again um and uh it's it's not good and the only way i was able to stop i yeah was literally actual health concerns so um so when you went into rehab, you didn't see it as like a complete rock bottom moment. What, what did you get that um, realization when you were when you were in there? I kind of like don't really buy into like the rock bottom idea in mm. general because I've had like fifty rock bottoms, mm. and you know, and all of them look quite different. I imagine. Yeah, I guess, uh, therapist said in rehab he was like, because I said this to him where I was like, I mean, I've had like maybe not fifty, but I've had like ten situations that objectively could be described as a rock bottom and then he was like rock bottom isn't a situation it's like a feeling inside of you right which is true um and I don't know it like I think it was like the right time because I've tried to get sober before I've did did AA when I was living in LA mm-hmm. and um it just wasn't the time for me to get sober yeah um and I like they talk a lot about the first 90 days mm-hmm. and I got to like 89 days of sobriety which is like such a, um, you know, metaphor for something. Were you on the like the 90 and 90? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 90 meetings and 90 days. Mm. Um, but I, over there, I like, so I was doing all the meetings and then I felt myself spiral, which like happens a lot to me. Mm. And then I ended up trying to kill myself in LA. And I somehow like morphed that into, 
I stopped drinking and then I tried to kill myself. So I was like, right. alcohol is keeping me alive. And I just like kept that for years. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. well, I know what happens when I get sober. I will die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it really, I just didn't want to get sober. Like I loved drinking. The day I was going into rehab, I was still like, I fucking love drinking. Yeah. Like my favorite thing in the world. But I, I think I like realized in January that what's the, it's a progressive disease. I was like, it will never get better yeah. than this moment and I think you like have this belief of like okay I'm just at a bad time right now with the drinking but I'll get better in a year but it's like that does not exist that is objectively not a thing like wherever you are right now it will get worse yeah and it like that kind of clicked in my head and so like for the first time I was like okay I want to get sober in there like it just clicked in me and also I'm like in a situation where like I can get sober Mm -hmm. most because most people are there by choice when I was in a psych ward in LA most people weren't there by choice and such a different experience. Yeah. But there was one guy that was in there and he left after like a week and he was he was in there for, in there for heroin and he left being like, um, they don't have the facilities for me to uh, detox. I'm going to go do it by myself. And it's like, bro, oh my God, <laughs> it's the priory. <laughs> They've got the, but like, he just didn't want to get sober. Um, so like, yeah, you have to want to, like, it can't, you can't just be in the situation and have it happen like it, you have to like have this like it's something inside you I guess has to break and you're like yeah fucking I want to get sober yeah and yeah I don't know what it was but it, it happened um and I'm so glad you don't realize when you're in it like now looking back I'm like oh my life was so grim oh god like it's I don't know if you have the same experience I look back and it's like looking at a different person it's literally like it's like another human I just yeah I was like 40 pounds heavier so like it was like a different person 100% like it's um it's 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 mad it's mad I did um I did a tv series which has come out quite recently and in that like I looked at myself in that and I was like oh my god I look so different I I know why did no one tell me at the time (laughs) I was like, why didn't none of my clothes fit me anymore? Everyone's like, I don't know, maybe they shrunk in the wash. It's like, <laughs> why didn't nobody say it? Like, you look like shit. No. <laughs> this big red face, like this alcoholic red puffy face. I was like waddling around and nobody said anything to me. Everyone's like, you look great. Uh, but yeah. even if, like, if someone, like, I, I had a couple of friends tell me over the years like your drinking's a problem and I'll be like it sounds like you're the one with the problem bye yeah so it's just, like people yeah. can say it till they're blue in the face it's not going to register 100% it's that thing of like you can never tell an addict that they're an addict yeah it's, um, it's like as well um, the example I always use is like when you're in, in an abusive relationship of sorts say it doesn't matter how many times that people tell you that this person is bad news that you're being abused that this is terrible unless you make your own mind up like yeah. no one is can convince you otherwise it doesn't matter like people could go i think you're drinking as you're drinking quite a lot i'd be like yeah i am yeah legends what are they yeah <laughs> so i'd be like mm, maybe be cooler maybe be cooler <laughs> and then we can hang that's what i believe but it is, i do think addiction is like like a toxic relationship because yeah. in rehab they make you like they're like alcohol is the worst thing ever like you're not bad it's the alcohol that's bad and it's like can we also like acknowledge the good? Mm. Like, can we like I didn't stay in this relationship with alcohol for all these years if it didn't like make me feel good all yeah, the time. Too. Yeah, um, if it didn't give me something, yeah, like, huge. And also, there was an exercise that we had to do in rehab, or an exercise that I was given to do, and I was like, for fuck's sake! But actually, it was really great. I had to write a letter that was from vodka to me, 
So I was writing oh. from the perspective of vodka and I was sat there being like, <laughs> like it's so fucking weird. And like, as I was writing it, I was like, oh, I kind of get that like this, like having been so, like having had so much trauma and chaos and like instability and inconsistency that vodka had never once let me down. It had always yeah. done exactly what I needed and it never, like the the only like couple of times it made me and made me throw up and I was like I can you know I can put up with that because honestly it's my best friend it never it always does what I need it to do it's yeah. the only thing I trust it's the only thing that I knew like inside out yeah um and uh yeah breaking up literally from vodka I was being like why have you left me <laughs> from vodka to me I'm so sorry <laughs> but I was like um I was in the airport on the way to rehab and I was like, and I was, I'm, I went to that same, I can't wait to fucking Gatwick or Heathrow, one of the two. And uh, I went, there's like a Weatherspoons there. And um, I was just shotting vodka before I got on the plane. Like, oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Rehab. Oh, yeah. Like, I think everyone arrives to rehab drunk. They must do, yeah. right? Like, it's not, I can't, I don't think it can be just me. Because it's the last time. Like, I was like standing outside the Priory, like, with my cans of wine, just being like, just a little bit more, just a little, like, mm. Yeah, because they make you do like a breathalyzer in there too. And like, yeah, my woman was like, oh, you're not that bad. Because there's some people that come in that are like, you know, passed out. Like super fucked up. Because it's the only way like they'll go in. It's like if they're. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it was like, it was sort of stopping, actually stopping drinking. So I had a, I had a much clearer mind. But going yeah. into rehab, I was so dead set. I was like, fine, I'm going to do this. Everything, everything was terrible. I'd. But I, because I'd had a suicide attempt and like, and everything gone to shit, I'd lost a ton of my friends. And I was like, okay, I need to make a change just on like that, that level. Yeah. Um, so doing this will show that, will show people that I'm really committed. Will show everyone else that I'm committed, not that I'm committed to myself and I'm committed to changing myself. But I was so dead set on coming out the other side and being like, yeah, I'm just going to carry on with what I've been doing. Do people ever ask you, because I get this all the time, when people ask me about, about what it was like in rehab, I think, and I did this in the episode about rehab, they go, oh God, what, so what were the amenities like? Was there a sauna? And I was like, oh no, I'm no. way different friends. <laughs> 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 that just shows the circles we go in, because no one's asked, we've got a sauna, who the fuck are you on your way I was like, they're like, well, God, was there like, a, like all the amenities? Like, I was like, there's what do you think was going on? Like, I wasn't there for a health retreat, man. Oh no, other so like mine, it was different to yours because mm. I listened to your rehab episode and like so we well we had our own rooms which was like so I, I was only comparing it to the psych ward I was in in LA and that yeah. was like the grossest grimmest place ever and you had like roommates and you weren't allowed anything and mm. it was like it was disgusting it was like you know filthy and shit yeah so this place had our own room you had a really nice food you got like a selection you had to like order the night before they brought you your breakfast in bed what you had a cleaner every day book and priory man shout out to priory guys if you're gonna go to rehab man they had a personal trainer come in twice a week um and no one would use him so like it was just <laughs> it was just me that would go and there was like an eating disorder on top of us that we didn't interact with mm. but they used to do um the personal trainer before us and they would like do a circuit and then they would sit down and have cigarettes mm, in mm. between the circuit and I'm like 
Rich, don't let them do this. And he's like, I, I can't, I can't tell them not to. Like it's, it's great throughout, like moving around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if this is what's going to get them to do it, then like you know, fuck it, we'll just let them do it. Yeah, but I thought, I thought that stuff should have been mandatory because like mm, it I, was for us. We oh, had really? to, do, like, we had to do exercise twice a week, and I fucking hated it. I went like kicking and screaming. Really? Yeah. I, I think it, it. I think it makes me so much happier. Like yeah. mentally, I see that tie between physical and mental 100%. so much. And I was like, we should have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it was optional for us. We had that. It was like yoga as well. You do quite a lot of yoga, don't you? Yeah. 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 I hadn't like, I'd given up everything pretty much just to drink exclusively. So like I hadn't mm. done anything in like about a year. Mm. Um, but I, in rehab too, I got this like thing in my head because I'd put on so much weight. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I wanted to be like, look, I've lost weight. So this is good that I'm not drinking. Yeah, it's that I've... physical thing again, like the actual like physical evidence of yeah. some kind of change rather than just like the mental one. You're like, oh, is this real? But when you can actually do like when there's something tangible and you're like, I'm looking better. Like, yeah, yeah, like... exactly. Because the mental one, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like when I was in rehab, I said to like one of the therapists, I was like, what if I get sober and I'm like still the same piece of shit that I am drunk? And he was like, that won't happen he fucking lied because that's exactly what happened <laughs> and that was like my fear it's like but what if I'm like still just a terrible person when I can't be drunk yeah. that's what fucking happened so like I was so afraid of the mental thing I was like just at least let me look physically look banging like yeah, look yeah. so good so that you know the mental stuff uh yeah I actually I had something really really similar and I had to like fully pay attention to it the thing is with with addiction for those who don't know it's uh you know, if you if you take away one thing, it's very common that you'll just sort of switch it on to something, on something else. You'll switch your focus on something else. And so when I went to rehab and was like, okay, I've got no drinking, I've got no drugs, I've got no cigarettes, I've got no coffee, I've got literally got nothing. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to restrict all my food, and I'm going really? to. I'm okay. going to start, and I started purging again for the first time in years. That's like, a real like addict brain, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, proper, 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 proper. And I was like, I need something. I need some kind of focus, some kind of thing to distract me from like this glorious fucking technicolor trauma, which is just like. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Come to the forefront of my brain. Yeah. Um, and it's too much to handle. I need, I need something, something else going on. Um, but like, I kind of, I do that, that thing of going, I'm losing weight. I have something tangible. I've got something physical, like evidence that this is, that I'm making a difference. Yeah. 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 But mine was in a very unhealthy way. Yeah. I mean, I did watch a lot of porn. <laughs> what, um, when you were in rehab? Yeah. What, like, how, how did you, were you allowed, um. Yeah. So we were, so we were like laptops, we were like phones. What? Yeah. Um, the, the porn hub was blocked on their thing, but I just went data. <laughs> <laughs> 
There was one guy that was in there for like one addiction, but he also apparently had like a wanking addiction. And like he'd always come out in the evenings asking for lotion. And it's like, dude, you're really laughing. Fucking no. <laughs> you're totally wanking there. Asking um, for lotion is so <laughs> Yeah, it's so. It's, he's like, oh, my skin's just dry. And it's like, yeah, bro. His hands look smooth. Because <laughs> I asked them, I was like, why are we like coffee and cigarettes? And they were like, to the therapist, because mm-hmm. they were always fucking smoking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, oh, because they're not mind-altering. And I was like, oh, okay. But, like, coffee is mind-altering. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they told us, they were like, you guys don't know how lucky you have it. There's, like, rehabs that you're not allowed to smoke. You're not allowed mm-hmm. coffee. So, like, having your laptop and phone was so nice. Um, you were like books. You were like... Mine was, like, notoriously hardcore, though, and I didn't know that. Yeah, like, that they, like, warned us of this. Stuff. We're like, you don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, okay, you guys got it. The not having your, like, phone or laptop, that's fucking hard. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, like... It was, it, what I found harder was, like, I, I think I could have coped with that all right if I was allowed, like, some kind of other literature. Why wouldn't you be allowed book? Like, you yeah. need that. I really, I was allowed Harry Potter at night because I have night terrors. And they were like, <laughs> we can't have you, like, waking up and running around the building screaming. So they gave, like, I was allowed Harry Potter at night. But other than that, it was like, it's, it's the theory being that you can't distract from anything that's coming up for you and I'm really I this this is how I feel as well because there were days when it was it was like I was worse than I've ever been in my whole life and oh, yeah, like, the therapy stuff is hard like nine to five of therapy is oh my I felt like a coal miner like my body was exhausted by the end of a day I was like dude I'm fucking in bits <laughs> providing for my family like it, it's yeah. meant, a mental thing is physically wrecks you it's so exhausting yeah so it's, it's like so at least I can go watch some like real housewives after this to not have anything like, oh man we yeah we were allowed what we we had a film on a Wednesday night and a Saturday night and on the Wednesday night it had to be a, like a recovery film could you watch like could you watch episodes of Intervention have you seen Intervention no it's a reality show it's fucking amazing oh my god that sounds so up my street it's annoying so it's like they basically like a family decides they want to stage an intervention on like an addict but the whole episode up until the last 10 minutes is like a camera crew just follows around this addict and they think they're just talking about their addiction or something Mm. but like they show them in like bits like they will like they'll interview them and they'll be like drunk like their head rolling back it's wild and then the last 10 minutes is the intervention but I always skip that bit because it's boring but Mm. a really good bit is like just the 40 minutes of like addiction that I'm like how are you allowed like it's very like morally um ambiguous like how should you be doing this it's American it's so good I think it's on Netflix um 100% I'm gonna watch that later yeah so I guess like maybe they wouldn't want you watching that but they they chose like they chose weird stuff like I remember one night like one and on our recovery film night I was like okay we're gonna watch Hitch and we were like how the fuck is Hitch a recovery film? You just want to watch Hitch. Is Hitch the one where he's like... He's like a dating yeah. therapist. Not like a date, not, not dating therapist, like a dating coach. Yeah. It's got nothing it's to like do with... a game or something. Yeah. It's, I was like, why, why are we watching this as a recovery film? Surely this is, this is such a wild choice. Um, what recovery films are there out there? Oh, there's that one. Have you watched the one with the woman and the guy from Breaking Bad? I'm so bad at films. Um, it's called it's it's one word and I think it begins with S. Smashed. No, really good. Is it about recovery? It's about yeah, and then, uh, they're both alcoholics and like Sweet. she. Um, it's really good though. It's really like 
authentic mm. you know a lot of times you watch it and you're like that's not like it but this one really is yeah occasionally i watch things and i'm like you've got this so wrong guys yeah this is yeah not how it goes um and we watch things like uh like like I oh that film with Steve Carell and um Timothy Chalamet about oh god that film was a rough watch yeah didn't like that very grim yeah I think it was basically like they were just going like look at yourself yeah yeah I mean but it was genuine there was just zero zero escape for us at all um did you fancy anyone in rehab no we were all we it was all girls there really yeah oh like on purpose no no like it's um. Uh, I always say it like I'm disappointed as well. That was just all girls. Um, no, there was, and actually, do you know what? That did cross my mind. Um, well, they push it so much with like, no fucking yeah, no, other patients. It is taboo. And you're like, oh, that's so hot. Yeah, it's like, that must mean it happens all the time if yeah. you're forcing it down our throats. Yeah, yeah. It was, no, it was, it was all women when I was there. Um, not, but just like by chance. And I think then when I left, two guys, two guys turned up. But um, but yeah, I was I was sort of thinking about that before I went in. I was like, I wonder if there's going to be anyone super fit in here. But also, I'd just been like dumped in the most apocalyptic, terrible way. So I think I was just looking for anything. Yeah, um, distraction. So it was probably a bit of a godsend from the universe that I didn't have anyone in there that I could turn my attention on to. I had a really hot therapist. I kind of fancied my therapist. Yeah, I think like even if they're like absolutely wrecked, like a party is doing a fall in love if they like help you. It's like, yeah, I mean, say are you like, oh my gosh, are you going to bring me that to life? It's, but it's like, um, I think I was saying it to my family the other day, like I went to an all girls boarding school and every time that like a male teacher under the age of like 60, walked yeah. in, we were all like, holy shit. Yeah. Shame. Oh my God, check out. Bob, the new IT technician. <laughs> like, it, and then people would go nuts. And so I think it was a little bit like that, that I was just like, anyone, anyone I would turn my attention to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, like, they said something or, or, you know, in like AA, you're like not supposed to talk to the women are supposed to talk to men and mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, men are absolutely creeps and will still try and ride anyone. Um, but they were like, one of the therapists in there who's a woman, because all the, ther- were all your therapists former addicts as well. One of them was, one okay. of them wasn't. All of ours were. I thought it was like a real, think, you had to be. I like, um, I do think it's very helpful. Yeah. They are because then you're not, I, it's far less preachy. Yeah. And also you're going like, why the fuck are you telling me, like, talking about my mistakes and the shit that I've done and like, you have no idea what it's like to be in this place. Yeah, it's like the best, like, football coaches are always former players. Yeah. It's like Roy Keane knows what he's talking about. I'm mm. going to trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I used to love to, because like, you know, it's like, they do like, do a lot of preaching and for good reason. But I love then when they'll be like, this reminds me when I was doing crack. And it's like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, a yeah, good story. Yeah. Oh my God, story. strapping guys. Here yeah. we go. But also, we did a lot of, um, we did uh, like Zoom fellowship meetings like almost every night. And there was always like a different fellowship. And honestly, it was so, it's bad to say it was entertaining, but it was so fucking entertaining because it was like our own, reality tv show yeah but like every week we'd come back and it would be like slaa and we'll be like oh my god guys you'll never guess what alice just said <laughs> like it's so is this like aa meetings yeah like yeah CA yeah all, all on um all on zoom and we'd just be like sat there like in our little room watching these people in the outside well you went to rehab and you were there you were there 30 30 days sorry 30 right? days yeah, yeah 30 days that's exactly what i had we had almost we went at almost the exact same time i know that's spooky that is a little bit spooky yeah. and then coming coming out of that time and in the last months like 
what do you think have been the main things that you've taken away from from that? Experience? Do not drink. <laughs> <laughs> thing they make you cut out in rehab yeah. no <laughs> it's a weird thing because like I feel like progress happens like in in such like a small capacity that you only realize when you're looking back because mm. like the past whatever it's been like eight months mm. I'm like I'm still the same person like I'm you know it can be really boring um sobriety uh, yeah man oh my so gosh. boring no one talks about that as well no it is so destroyingly boring. Yeah. Like, you can't go out. You, like, you're not even supposed to go to pubs and stuff with, yeah. with people. Um, and it feels like all your friends are just, like, off on their own little road trip, like, all over the place. And you're yeah. Like, you and even, like, so dating. Cool. I'm like, how the fuck are you going to go on a date? Like, it's hard. Mm. It's hard to be... I set up a hinge and just had to delete it because it's, like, I put in that I don't drink. And, like, you'd act people act like you're put in like I want to fuck kids or something like they act like it's the most outrageous disgusting thing yeah, 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 like, yeah I don't yeah. drink no, but what are we gonna do and it's like yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. like go to the zoo or some shit but <laughs> go to the zoo oh my god I'd love to go to the zoo on a date yeah well no one was taking me off on that I just deleted it I was like there's no point right and you're not even supposed to date in the year after but um, yeah that's what they're saying I was like dude you have to give me something like yeah, sex is all I have left yeah, yeah, yeah. I must be allowed to have sex um but yeah like the, going on dates will be more difficult um mm. and yeah it, it is more boring um and it's only now like when I look back where it's like oh I'm so much happier and like more balanced than I was mm. before mm. and like I just really I'm like oh I haven't had like a breakdown in eight months yeah like yeah, well yeah, done yeah, me yeah. you know and it's the weird thing like I was just sort of saying this the other day that like um the only thing I can like equate it to in any way is when you're watching a really good film and there's a really good performance and you almost don't notice how good the performance is. You don't notice it. You're not like, wow, this is this actor is really brilliant. It's just like is. Yeah. Um, and with recovery and healing, I've kind of just noticed myself being okay, but haven't acknowledged myself being okay. But it's only going, oh my God, I was actually, yeah. I've actually been okay. Yeah. Um, oh, wow, this is what normal life must be like. Um, yeah. And uh, it's sort of weird because I think I was expecting this kind of, I'd spent so much time like diving between ecstasy and despair that I was expecting this like constant wild euphoria of like sobriety is amazing. I'm living my best life. It's like, no, you're living a pretty fucking normal life. Yeah. Um. It's also, it can be shit. It's like, really like you said so boring sometimes and there are times when I sit there like mourning for my old life yeah um and everyone like the therapist always go that's the addiction talking that's the disease talking it's it wants you it wants you back or whatever um but uh but it is it's it's tough but it's like I don't know just feeling it like I feel normal I feel like yeah like a normal person yeah I feel like there is this expectation of like okay now I'm going to be like euphorically happy yeah and it's like life isn't like that life is so shit a lot of the time mm, mm. it's like as long as I just haven't gone insane in like how I react to stuff I'm like that mm. is a massive win for me yeah 100% 100% like that like this kind of because I was living with this real excessive intensity and like I think they call it like unproportionality where I was just reacting to things like way out of proportion to the situation yeah yeah um and now it's so much i don't know it's just like it's just like easier yeah i'm so much more chilled out now yeah um yeah i guess it is like it just it is what it, like a part of me will always hope that like or not hope but i will always wish that i could be someone who could drink normally yeah because like i can see the like great side of drinking mm. if you're able to drink normally yeah yeah absolutely. um 
but like I'm now like it's I'm I'm less holding on to that as like time goes on yeah um where I'm like it's actually fine being sober yeah like, before I was like but the, all the exciting shit happens when you're drunk and mm. it's like to an extent yeah mm. um but like just you have to change what you find exciting and it's like you yeah. can still like like I've always been self-destructive and like part of me likes having a bit of that like I like having a bit of a flame to my life at all times yeah but like just don't just don't be like out of your mind self-destructive like don't be trying mm. to kill yourself or like trying to like drink yourself into a grave just like yeah. do very casually self-destructive there's things. nothing wrong with pushing those boundaries just as long as it's not like potentially lethal yeah like give someone the finger like that <laughs> you'll still get the thrill like give a stranger the finger and it's like dude i feel alive i feel alive doing this <laughs> and it's a bit self-destructive it's not that bad though yeah yeah yeah. rather than just like living in this world place of like i might i might die I yeah might die, and i've got to feel alive to be able to get that place we often like round up these episodes by going, you know, we started at the point where you felt in a place that was pretty scary and, you know, a little bit dark. In um in the last few months, if you could think of something that like that you're really proud of, that you you think about that you've done or something about yourself that you fills you with joy. Yeah, I mean it's I, I get like not drinking, not to always bring it back to mm. that, but it's like that's I think will always be like the proudest thing I've ever done. Yeah, and like yeah. every day that I don't drink, I'm like, fucking well done. Yeah. Like this is, this is sick. This is really hard to do. And it's like so sick that you're doing it. Like yeah. it's my biggest accomplishment, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and that should not be underestimated at all. Like yeah. that, that is amazing. It's a really big step to take. It's fucking brave. It's yeah. Brave. And yeah, it's, it's so brave to like be awake to the person that you are and like have to deal with who that is like in the good and the bad of it rather than like numbing yourself to yourself because you're like afraid of like what ugliness you'll see yeah um they do say like a big part of you know in the fellowships and they say the good thing about the good thing about sobriety is you get get your your feelings feelings back back. and the bad thing about sobriety is you get your feelings back i fucking love the sayings in aa (laughs) that one i love that one then the one drink is too many. A thousand is never enough. Yeah, yeah, Love yeah. that one. Oh, the other one I liked is um, when, you know, when it comes to like calling, because a lot, I know you talked about this in your book, like when you went to a meeting for the first time and like a guy came up to you and was like, do you want my number? And you were like, fuck off. Oh, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like that made you think like, why is this person trying to crack onto me? Like at a meeting. But it is like a lot of things like reaching out to other people in AA and like, um, and calling them and, you know, well, they love hugging they love like I'm no, like dude no, no. I don't know you I've never met you like a lot of hugging mm. a lot but th- there is like a thing too of like you know like the 13th stepper the 13th stepper yeah, yeah 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 which is like for people that don't know you've got the 12 steps in AA and then there's a thing called the 13th step which is just men that go in to f- have sex with vulnerable women yeah that's really I like I've heard that a lot in um uh SLAA the sex and love addicts anonymous because obviously that's like Oh, do do I do slaw. 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 I do a lot of slaw because um my main my main addiction really was love. Sounds so like weirdly corny and dramatic. Sounds like the beginning of a rom com. Yeah, it's like, my addiction love. <laughs> and then in walks. <laughs> what were you addicted to? Love. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. Um, I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah, about the thirteenth. The thirteenth stuff is was a lot of. I think that's funny. Yeah, we all over slaw. Love a slaw meeting. 
oh god and like ugh, what are those meetings like because in my head I'm like oh, I'll be really sexy like all these young people that just want to fuck see that's that's kind of what I thought it would be and I was very much mistaken that actually there's been way more drama in this ESSA and the SLA meetings than there has in any other meeting and I don't know why people just get very pissy with each other I think like when it's an addiction that like is a thing that you're supposed to do like alcohol it's like okay yeah. we're, we're not really supposed to be drinking but yeah. like sex is like a thing that like we're programmed to do yeah and you can't live without human interaction yeah so th- with sex and eating addictions I'm like those ones are very like almost like I don't want to like compare addictions but like mm. it seems like it's an extra layer to them yeah like, yeah but but you need to have sex I mean, you don't need to have sex but like if you want to have like you mm. know an intimate relationship with someone mm. that involves sex mm. Mm. so but if you have an addiction to it, it's like, okay, you know, you can't just cut it out of your life completely. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, you know, things with Overeaters Anonymous or ABA, Anorexic Experiments Anonymous, like, you can't live without food. It's not like, okay, cool, well, I'm just not going to touch food. No, you yeah. just have to have a very healthy relationship with it. And that is just like, it makes the whole thing so much more fucking confusing. Yeah. Um, were, were you like one of the only women in there? Because I heard one guy went to a meeting and he was like, it was all like old men. Oh, really? That were like you know kind of like just really gross I don't know he, I think he thought it was gonna be sexy too so like, I was kind of hoping it was gonna be sexy it, it definitely wasn't but I, but I kept going to like the zoom American ones because I found myself at like 3am going I just like need to Americans do these meetings better too they're the fucking they're oh, made geez, for it they're made stuff. for these meetings oh my god they like that was that was where it came from when you know like reaching out to people in the program and there was an don't file it dial it oh <laughs> I've never heard that one. I love it. Don't dial it, dial it. And I was like, oh, you guys, you guys fucking know what you're up to. That's so good. Um, anyway, like, I can't tell you how brilliant it is to just like, I know we're recording this and that's great, but also just to be able to have a conversation with someone who has also been in rehab and knows what it's like to have addiction and how fucking hard it is. I really appreciate it. So yeah, thank definitely. you so much. Like these very candid, um, candid talks because there is so much stigma surrounding it um yeah on both sides because mm. like I found in rehab one thing that really got to me was like I felt like everyone else was doing it better than me yeah whereas yeah. like the, like the guy that I hated that I called the poster child of recovery it's mm. like everything it's like you didn't put up resistance to anything and then I was like am I just doing this badly am I failing at recovery yeah yeah but it's like no it's like everything you know there's like all these like different degrees to stuff and like mm. it's nuanced and you know, there's no right way to do recovery. Yeah. And it's besides very, not drinking or whatever yeah. your thing is. Um, it, it's a very, very personal journey. And like, I think it is a lot to do with not looking sideways at the way that other people are doing it and going, oh, yeah. shit, I, should, I should be doing that. I should be meditating every day or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I can't. I have such bad CPTSD. I can't. Like, if I try and meditate, it's like my brain goes into like hyperdrive or flashback. Uh, um, but then, you know, people are like, well, you should really be meditating if you're in recovery. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that right now. And yeah, I don't yeah. want to be shamed into thinking that like I'm not doing it properly because I'm not meditating. Yeah. Also, like, what a not good way to go into meditating. <laughs> to, like, you stupid bitch, you should be doing this. It's like, right, well, now. Fucking be mindful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This has been such a joy. Thank you so, so much. Um, Maurice's book, Trouble, is available in all stores across the nation, the world. It is absolutely fucking amazing. I read it in a day. It is amazing. It Thank really you. is. Thank you so, so much. Such a joy. Thank um, you for having me. I absolutely loved it. And um, I really want to come and catch one of your comedy shows very soon. Are you doing any soon? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, when it happens, I'm going to be there. But thank you so, so much. And we'll see you next time. So join me next week when my guest is stand-up comedian and stand-up guy Tom Lucy. <laughs> so we are starting a Survivor Story segment of the podcast where we will read out your stories, anecdotes, questions, whatever you fancy at the end of each episode. So send your stories with Survivor Story at the top or in the subject line, either via DM on Instagram or to contact at whydoyouthink.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.